Welcome to the Portland Christian Center Podcast. This is our weekly podcast from our Sunday service. Hey, welcome back. So glad that you're here with us. In case I met you, my name's Nate, and we are excited to have you here. And we're just excited for all that God is doing at Portland Christian Center. And we just know that the best days for you and for our church are right in front of us. Today, I'm really excited. We're starting a brand new series called I Am. And it's all about the seven I Am's statements that Jesus makes about himself in the Gospel of John. Now, before we get to the scripture, we're going to be in John chapter 6. If you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn there. Um, There's seven statements that Jesus makes about himself. Now, it's really interesting if you were to talk to somebody about how do people describe you or things that they would say about you. If you were to talk to a friend or different thing, you could ask someone, you could ask them, hey, um, what, do you, what would you say about me? They might say you're tall. They might say you're strong, good looking. You have a beautiful head of hair. I mean, whatever they might say, they might describe you in lots of different ways. But it's really interesting whenever someone asks you about you, what do you say? There's a game that I really like to play, um, and I've used it as an icebreaker a lot of times, and here's the game. Maybe you could play it with your family after this message, is what is one thing that maybe you don't know about me, maybe like a hidden talent or a hidden secret or something cool that um, would reveal something about you? And just ask the person next to you later, like, hey, what's something I maybe not know about you? And, and when you do that, you get to know more about them. So for me, something you may not know about me is that I have a tooth. Now, I obviously know I have a tooth. But this tooth right here is almost completely fake. Uh, and here's why. I have knocked this tooth out four times. Four times, all playing basketball. Fifth grade, the first time I accidentally hit my knee, hit my chin, chipped it in half, and it shot out. Second time, unbelievable, uh, I was in seventh grade. I got it caught in a dunk hoop net, and it shot my tooth out across the floor. The third time, can you believe this third time, I was diving for a basketball, still basketball. A guy landed on my head. I bit the floor. Fourth time, junior in high school, I'm playing basketball. I had a mouth guard this time, but somehow I ran into a guy's head and it shoved this tooth behind all the other teeth. So by the way, my dentist went to our church. We were great friends, especially by the time he was done with me. But thankfully, some of my tooth is still my tooth, but most of it's fake. But it's interesting when I tell you that from now on, I'm sure as you listen to this, you'll know Pastor Nate's front tooth, one of them, it's not completely real. I've knocked it out a bunch of times. It just lets you know a little bit about me. And why, why am I saying all this? When somebody tells you about themselves, you get a window into who they really are. And there's really two uh, simple ways you can get to know somebody. One is observe them, and two is ask questions. Whenever you observe somebody, and I don't know if you like to do this, I like this sometimes if I go to the mall and I sit down, and it's just amazing. People walk differently, they talk differently, uh, they have different strides, some like coffee. I mean, you can just go to the mall and people watch for a long time at Washington Square Mall, and you'll see all kinds of things. And you can kind of get... uh, Uh, like a little bit of snapshot of who they are. But as you get closer, and if you were to ask them about themselves, their story, and usually we start with, you know, where do you work? Uh, What do you do for a living? Tell me about your family. Those types of things. You start to get to know people more and more, don't you? And it's one thing to hear like, 
someone say, uh, what, do you, what do you say about that person? But if you go to that person directly and they say, this is who I am, and then you watch them and they match up, you get a little bit closer to that person. Today, that's really my goal and my heart as we jump into John chapter six, is that you would, and I, and I hope this is really exciting for you, it's exciting for me, that you would get a, a better picture of who Jesus is, not just based on what other people say, but this is what's so powerful. In John chapter six, and then beyond in the book of, in the gospel of John, Jesus says, and he makes seven statements about himself as metaphors that will help us understand him. And this is my big idea for the morning. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down because this is critical to, to making sense of what I want to do today. The more you know about Jesus, the more you will see your need for Jesus. I want to say that one more time. The more you know about Jesus, the more you will see your need for Jesus. This is so important for all of us to understand. If we want to grow in our relationship with Christ, or if you're just like, man, I'm not sure about Christianity, the more you know about him, the more you will want to be with him because he's so good, he's so great, and you realize something. You have a, a missing piece in your heart without Christ. And the more you know about him, the more you realize, I, I want all of him. I want more of Jesus. I want what he has for me. So today we're gonna jump into John chapter six and we're gonna find out exactly what Jesus says about himself. And what's funny, just a few chapters later, um, Jesus is asked, who do people say that I am? And then the disciples answer, well, some say you're a prophet, some say you're a teacher, some do this. And then he says, who do you say that I am? And then Peter confesses that you are the Christ. And he says, you are right. And he says, upon this confession, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so he says this, but then later, all of a sudden, Jesus comes back and he says who he is, who he is. So he doesn't just say, what do other people say? What do the disciples say? This is a really powerful point in scripture where we get to see what does Jesus say about himself? So we're gonna go there. So if, I, if you have your Bibles, I want you to go to John chapter six and we're gonna pick it up in verse 22. Now to set the stage, what has happened? Jesus was with a large crowd of people. They wanted to be around him. And why were they with him? Because he had just fed 5,000 people and they're hungry and he feeds them and he does the miracle, right? The five loaves and the two fish and they get fed and it's just amazing. And then the night comes by and there's a storm and they go on a boat and they cross over and Jesus actually walks on the water. Then they arrive. It's, it's just an amazing story. When he gets there, the people wake up and they're like, where did Jesus go? So they go back and they, and they try and find him and, and uh, they're looking all over for him. And this is kind of where we pick up this conversation. It says this in verse 22, on the following day, day when the people who were standing on the other side of the sea saw that there was no other boat there except the one which his disciples had entered and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but his disciples had gone away alone. However, however, other boats came from Tiberias near the place where they ate bread after the Lord had given thanks. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they also got into boats and came to Capernaum, 
seeking Jesus. And when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them and said, most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw signs. Again, this is the bread breaking and all the miracle. I mean, you would think that would be pretty cool, but he says, that's not why you're here. He says, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. That's really important. We'll come back to that. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to an everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. Then they said to him, what shall, what shall we do that we may work for the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him who sent. What? Did you just hear that? Isn't that crazy? You see, Jesus just said, the work that you need to do to see me, to be with me, it's not to get all these different things right, to earn your way up to heaven. Mankind's been trying to do this forever. You know what he said? The work you need to do is simple. Believe in me. Believe in me. And by the way, that is just, it's just powerful the way Jesus says that. If you believe in him, powerful things happen in your life. Let's get back to the text and we'll talk more about that. Verse 30, therefore they said to him, what sign will you perform then that we may see it and believe you? What work will you do? Our fathers ate the manna in the desert as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, most assuredly I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. I mean, isn't that a funny statement? They're like, what? There's eternal life. There's bread that we can always have. And they're like, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. You gave it to me once, give it to me. This is what he says. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Boom, right there. What is Jesus saying? I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but to do the will of him who sent me. This is the will of the father who sent me that all of all he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. And this is the will of whom who sent me that everyone who sees the son and believes in him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up at the last day. Wow. So I want to recap real quick. What did Jesus just say? He said, I am the bread of life. I brought this bread here with me and uh, as an illustration because bread, especially in this context back then, is just a powerful example because you'll read it actually throughout um, the Old Testament and the New Testament. Breaking bread is a really important part of what God does throughout history. Bread was a sign of nutrition and life. And what we kind of take for granted oftentimes, especially if you live in America, is that bread is kind of like the side dish. It's not the main thing. It's not something that we always have. Um, lots of people do different types of dieting, but we don't really see bread as something important. But to this audience, 
What Jesus is saying is so critical. And here's what he's saying. This is the first thing I want you to make. Jesus is saying he is essential for life. The number one thing, or the first point I want to make today is this. Jesus is essential for life. When I was in high school, um, I got to go on a couple of different mission trips. And then when I was in, uh, in college, I got to go also to another mission trip. And we ended up going to Mexico for all of those. And one of the things that marked me every single time is that when I would go on these mission trips, one in particular um, that just stood out, we went to a, a village kind of that was a rural village. And we took this van in. And they played this song, this siren, and it was like uh, it was like a, like a kid's little jingle. I didn't understand. It was Spanish. I, I only had two years of high school Spanish, so I didn't understand all the words. But I, we went up to this camp, and it was basically like tin, a tin building, kind of like a shelter. And I'm not kidding you. These little children just started running out and just racing towards the van where we were and they were just sprinting and sprinting and, and, and I'm talking at least 50, maybe close, somewhere that to like 100 kids just come running out of this small, I can't believe there was that many kids that were living in this little place and it was, they didn't have clean water, uh, they didn't have electricity and they're just running out and their clothes are tattered and I find out that many of these kids are just, just barely making it. So we sit down on the dirt and these kids, two in particular, just jumped on me. And it was so funny because they're just grabbing at the hair on my arms. And uh, they're, they're picking on my beard and, and playing with me. And we bring out milk and peanut butter. And as we pour uh, the milk into the peanut butter, these poor kids are just, I mean, they're eating it so fast and they're scarfing it down. And I remember watching them just like, it's one of those things that you'll never forget. It just rattled me to the core of how hungry these poor children were. And yet how excited they were to see us, how excited they were for food. And we gave, a, the teacher gave a, um, a lesson and I'll never forget watching these kids receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And it just impacted me, it transformed me to realize that there are people, number one, that their physical needs are really hurting, but then to see the joy in their face when they receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior, it absolutely transformed them. And what Jesus is saying in this passage is the reason that this crowd has come, the reason crowds come is because they're starving, they're hungry physically. But Jesus says something so powerful. He says, yeah, the food, is, food is important. It's essential, obviously. But I have something that's even more essential. And, and he says, I am the bread of life. Jesus is, and this is the second point I want you to go, not only is it essential, number two, Jesus is not talking about physical, but eternal life. So many of us spend so much of our time worrying about things that are temporary. But Jesus says, I want to offer you something that will last forever. He's saying, I want to give you eternal life. And the audience that's listening to this, they would have been absolutely shocked. They're listening to him thinking, well, we just got fed. Show me a sign. And then they start talking about Moses. And, and it might be kind of weird for you to hear that. Why, is, why are they referring to Moses? And it's so critical that you understand this because when Jesus says, I am, everyone would have stopped in their tracks and there would have been like an echo 
of the history gone past. You see, they're talking about Moses and what what was happening with Moses. The children of Israel are starving and the Lord by a miracle would send down manna every day for 24 hours. The food would be good. The bread would be good. And they would go out and they collect it and they would eat it. But here's the thing. If they tried to store it or save it, it would be filled with worms and they couldn't eat anymore. It would make them sick. So it it was literally their daily bread. And when he does this, they're going back to Moses. And then you go even a little back further to Exodus 3.14, when Moses sees this burning bush and he goes up to it and God says, I'm going to send you to deliver my people. And Moses is like, well, how will they know? What do I tell them? What's your name? How do I tell them? And God, through the burning bush, says this, I am. I am. So then fast forward, they say to Jesus, who are you? Give us this bread. And he says, I am the bread of life. At that moment, Jesus, you know what he's saying? I am God. The same God who was with Moses is with you today. And he's with you right now while you're watching this. This is what I am means. It means he is the self-sufficient one. Theologians have a, a, like a deep word for this. It's called aseity and it's A-S-E-I-T-Y. And what it simply means is that God is self-sufficient. He is king. He is powerful all on his own. He doesn't need you. He doesn't need anybody else. He is self-sustaining all by himself. And he says, in the past, I am. In the present, I am. In the future, I am God. Wherever you are at today, you need the bread of life, not the physical bread of life. As good as this bread is, you need spiritual bread of life, which is Jesus, because it lasts forever. Jesus is saying he is God. Now, I was talking to a missionary uh, to Spain. His name's Dan. And he was witnessing to a Muslim. And the Muslim came back to him and said, I don't think Jesus is, the, is who he says, who is, is God. And he said, well, why would you say that? And he said, because in the, in the Bible, he never says, I am God. And this, this, this missionary, Dan, he went and he opened his Bible and he began reading this to him. And he says, look at what Jesus says. He says, I am the bread of life. If you follow me, you will have eternal life. And he showed him what Moses did. And he goes all the way through it. And the man, the Muslim man, he began to weep. For the first time in his life, people had been lying to him about Jesus his whole life. For the first time, he saw Jesus for who he really is. He is the bread of life. And then Jesus takes a little pivot and he comes to this last little part. And I want you to hear this. This is so powerful. Jesus invites the crowds to do two things. And he's inviting you and me to do two things. Come and believe. Come and believe. It really is that simple. To come to Jesus, he has an invitation to you to come to him. He says, all who are thirsty, all who are weary, come to me and see that I am good. I can meet every need and I can meet the most important need that you have in your life. And that is the emptiness inside of your life. You see, in Ecclesiastes 3.11, it says that God has placed the desire for eternity in our hearts. In other words, 
there are people all over the world, and you see this whether they come to church or not, and you see it all over on the, on the internet or and, and just walking around talking to people. There is this desire to find God. People are looking for God, and they try and find it at all different places. And then when you read scripture, Jesus is saying, you found me. I am the bread of life. You found me. And so my question for you today is, are you willing and are you ready to receive the invitation? Maybe you've been living your life on your own, going your own way. I just want to encourage you right now, come to Jesus. He's inviting you. He's drawing you in. The reason that you're even watching this, he's drawing you to himself. Come to Jesus and watch what he will do. He will take your life and give you purpose, give you meaning, and give you a full and fulfilled life. I want to take a moment and just pause right here and ask you, is Jesus the bread of life for you? Jesus says, if you come to me, I will transform your life. You can have a new life in me. But it, to do that, you got to do something. You got to lay down yours and put him first. So if you're listening to this and you want to become a, a follower of Jesus, I want to lead you in a quick prayer. And maybe just put it in the chat that you want prayer that you're going to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And I want to pray for you. So right now, if you're here, would you just put a little hand and say, I want to receive Jesus. I want him to be my bread of life. It's not enough for him to be somebody else's. He needs to be your bread of life because the more you know about Jesus, the more you realize you need him. You can't save yourself. You can't earn your way to heaven. It's by the grace of God for all have sinned, all have fallen short of the glory of God. So if you're listening to this, the I am of Jesus, the bread of life is saying, come to me and believe. So I'm gonna pray for you. So Father, right now, I pray for anybody that's listening to this that's watching this right now, that they would encounter you, Jesus, that they would encounter your presence and that they would see that you are the bread of life and that they would ask you to forgive them of their sins, to wash them white as snow and to follow you all the days of their life. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer and you confess Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, please take the next step and just reach out to us. We would love to help you on your steps of faith with Jesus. Now, this last part, what we want to do is receive communion together. Jesus is the bread of life. And what happened in the Last Supper is Jesus took the bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body. Take eat of it. For as often as you do, you proclaim my death until he returns. So Father, we thank you for your body that was broken for us. We take heed of it in remembrance of you. Let's take together. Amen. And then it says, after supper, he took the cup of the new covenant. And he said that this is a new and better way. This is the only way to the Father is through Jesus. You see, the blood represents washing our sins and Jesus has paid the penalty that we could not pay so that we can have direct access to the Father. Now you go straight to the Father through Jesus. And that's what this cup represents. So Father, I thank you for this cup that represents new life. We thank you so much for what you're doing. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take together. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. I just want to encourage you, remember that Jesus is the bread of life. And no matter what you're going through, you have hope, you have a future because Jesus 
came for you and he has a plan for you. Thank you for joining us today. We love you and we look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Portland Christian Center Podcast. If you'd like to hear more or learn more about us, visit our website at pcctoday.com or join us online for our live stream at 1030 at live.pcctoday.com. 